Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, Jackson, I would love to spend more time on how great I am, but we have too much today, so I got to get right to it. Drat. Yeah, I know, that's your favorite part of the show. It is. Uh, welcome in, it's Balloon Party 101 ESPN, my name is Timothy Michael McKernan, that's Action Jackson, we have an hour and we have a lot to get to. We have a lot to get to. The Blues lost last night. I found the game to be incredibly exciting, but it's still frustrating when you look big picture that the Blues are having some scoring issues. It's kind of like a game where you're pitching, but you don't score. Sure. See games against the Phillies, yeah, right. for example. for Because right, right. you're getting outstanding play on the PK and in net, and you're like, eh, this isn't, this is, this is a little, this is a little concerning. So on Tuesday morning following the Winnipeg game, like, eh, final game, West Coast road trip, one, two, a three. Really impressive game against the Oilers on Saturday. Kind of the style they needed to play to win it. I'm going to write this one off. And then last night you kind of go, yeah, that's a little, that's a little disconcerting. Uh, hasn't been a five-on-five goal since Seattle. Yeah, a week ago. Yeah, that's certainly concerning. And and to your point about you know the exciting part of the game, you play the Oilers. They play fast. It leads to a faster-paced game. And you're right. Bennington's been playing great. They just have trouble scoring. Went to the game last night and uh, wonderful atmosphere. Saw a number of people who I hadn't seen in a while, mainly because I rarely emerge from my basement. And uh, hell of an atmosphere. Fun game to watch. But certainly now people are asking questions about the... uh, the scoring. Um, I don't know what uh, you may have there, whether it be I saw Ryan O'Reilly. I was watching the postgame show. Uh, he was talking about kind of down on himself. I know people are asking questions about Jordan Cairo's performance here in the early going. Craig Berube talked about it. Um, talked about Cairo having a golden opportunity, and that one uh, stands out. It was just right there, and he just missed the net. So I, I, I try to analyze the the psychology of Barubi's post-game comments, if there's something to it. Like if he's, if he feels like the team's getting too high, he'll kind of tamp it down. That was my observation, for example, after the opener with Neighbors. Mm. Um, but I'm going, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, and Jeremy Rutherford and I talked about it the Monday after that game against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so here, this is something that understandably fans now are going, okay, what's going on with the scoring? And he's not conveying much concern relative to what at least the numbers would say. Now, it's important to note they're without two key pieces of the offense, so that that has to be running parallel to any of our discussions regarding it. Uh, what do you have? What have, what have you pulled up, sir? I got Barubi's thoughts on right. last night's game. Here we go. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't skating in the first period. You know, 
you know, coming off a trip like that, sometimes that does happen. But uh, I thought after that we were the better team. We got going, had a good second and a good third. Yeah, um, and they made uh, some changes there in the second period, and it became domination. So it's one of those things, and I think I talked about this during the Wild Series and during the Avalanche Series, if you were scoring it like a boxing match and not knowing the actual outcome with regards to goals scored, the Blues would absolutely have dominated the fight in the second and third period. But the bottom line is, Puck didn't go in the net, and the Oilers were able to convert uh, in the third period. And you just saw it kind of coming. Connor McDavid's there, and then Nugent Hopkins gets the goal, and it's 2-1. to one. And then the Blues are dominating there at their end, and you're thinking they might be able to force this thing into overtime and weren't able to convert those opportunities. Edmonton gets the empty netter, and the Blues fall last night to the Oilers. Yeah, uh, there. to your point about Bennington, the breakaway save, the breakaway stick save in the second period was filthy. We talked about something similar when we played the Kraken. Just unbelievable saves, which gives your team a lot of motivation. You know, it fires guys up when you make a save like that. They just couldn't put the, you know, put the puck in the net. But Edmonton's a good team, and you're going to lose some on the 82-game schedule. Uh, the Blues just dominated uh, from a shot standpoint in the second and third period but just were not able to get it done. But it was a fun atmosphere. I don't know. I, I, I listened to Jamie Rivers uh, talking about it on uh, on the game and on the post-game show with a five-year-old. I, I did not stay for all three sure. periods, although being real transparent with the audience because you call this show Honesty and Media, uh-huh. the five-year-old sleep schedule is not as concerning as his father's sleep schedule. <laughs> right, which is the most important thing. And he was briefed on that in advance. We're going to have to leave, (laughs) not because you have to get up for school, because I have to get up to act like an ass on the radio, (laughs) and you should be proud. Uh, But yeah, they dominated shots uh, in in the second and third period, but didn't get the opportunity to convert, even though there were some great chances, and the Blues lose it last night, 3-1. Back at it tonight against the Predators, traveling to Nashville, pregame tonight, 6 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. Lots of Cardinal news. And I mean lots of Cardinal news. Perfect timing as Dan McLaughlin is going to join us here on 101 ESPN at 1045. Looking forward to his um, perspective on these moves. All right, Jackson, I'm going to ask you. Biggest news from yesterday. Go. Uh, In my opinion, it was that they're going to increase the payroll next year. They're almost Hmm. certain they're going to increase spending. Because like, you can look at the Albert thing or the Maddox thing or Wayne coming back, which is all you know, good news or not good news, but it is all important news. But the fact that they said they're going to increase payroll is something that's really, I think, it's a great, great sign of what's to come. Um, I would say the the one that's got most people talking is what Jeff Albert. That's correct. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was operating on the pre- premise that they were going to increase payroll. I think I said that on yesterday's yeah. show, but I, I also said I thought they were going to address the offense last offseason, and we saw what happened. They didn't. Um, so that is encouraging. I think I cited an article from uh, Derek Gould, or Derek was in his chat on stltoday.com, talking about the biggest news with regards to the Cardinals and Soto wasn't that they were in on it and that they decided to withdraw because they didn't want to part with Dylan Carlson. The biggest observation from people in the game of baseball, so not just locally, was that the Cardinals considered themselves to have the budget room to take on Soto's salary in 2023, which signaled to them indirectly that the Cardinals were going to increase spending. So if indeed that's correct, and when it's coming from Derek Gould, I operate on the premise that it absolutely is correct, Agreed. Uh, that 
what uh, my thought process was, they would be increasing payroll. And we look at the dollars that are already committed, I would tell you that it speaks to the Cardinals increasing payroll. The question is, where do they do it? And from my standpoint, it's either shortstop or the outfield. Agreed. And that's it. And I recognize there's a question mark at catcher. But if you are going to compete for a world championship, you cannot have your offense in the outfield be what the Cardinals have. So I anticipate that being where you see upgrades. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's I think the days of the outfield hitting six, seven, or eight, or seven, eight, nine have to be over if they want to be competitive. You know, outside of being competitive in the Central, they want to make a run in October. You got to get a lot more production out of the outfield, and hopefully, can get a couple bats. You know, another bat at shortstop. And if you can get a catcher, great, but they really have to address what's going on in the outfield. Now, I am connecting dots because that, if there is one thing that Balloon Party does outside of a show without a plan and talk about the NBA, it's connect dots. Yeah, yeah. We are the dot connecting show. And I am going to attempt to connect dots circling back on what I believe was deemed my master's thesis in the month of September with a trip John Mazalek made on Monday. I shall elaborate on the other side of the break. I need to take a seat. (laughs) I haven't been teased like that in years. I don't know. You were in Columbia this past Saturday. Wow. This has been, what a segment. No, it is. It's going (laughs) on my reel. We'll take a commercial break, and I shall elaborate next on Balloon Party 101 Right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. St. Gabriel's Class 90, St. Louis University High School. You call it the University High School, as you should. Class of 1994, University of Missouri Journalism School, TBD. That's Action Jackson, and he wants you to know he is Ledoux through and through. Class of 2016, University of Missouri, class of 2020. Oh, that was a brag right there. It's like, yeah. oh, you didn't graduate. Well, look at me now. <laughs> uh, text in 65780, Air Comfort Service text line. Leave a mic drop using the 101 ESPN app. Uh, my understanding is Stephen Wildwood has left a mic drop. He has. All right, well, we're going to get to it, but I, 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 I delivered a tease that made you sit down. My knees buckled. Get out. So, I have to deliver on the tease. Yeah. You can't tease and then not deliver. Wrong. This isn't prom. There you go. I was going to say. No, I had to beat you to it. So, here's what we got going on. John Mazalek said yesterday that he flew out to Southern California to talk with Nolan Arenado um, because he can opt out. And he has to give the Cardinals notice on the opt-out clause uh, within five days of the conclusion of the World Series which gets underway tomorrow night. And uh, John Denton Jackson, who is the MLB.com writer covering the Cardinals, spoke with Adam Wainwright, and Wainwright said the following. He and Paul Goldschmidt have been working for weeks on talking Nolan Arnato into returning to St. Louis for 2023. Arnato has until five days after the World Series to notify the Cardinals as to whether he will opt out of his contract. And Wainwright said... Goldschmidt and I have been on him, and hopefully that works out. I think it will. Nolan wants to be here, and he wants to win. We give him a great chance to win the World Series every year, and not many teams can say that. We have a chance every year when we get to spring training to win a World Series, and only four to five teams have those realistic odds 
to win it. We have that year in and year out, and it's a rare thing. Arnado knows that, and he loves playing in front of our fans. He's just got to do what's right for him, his family, and his career. I never get in the way of that, but I do always try to work him to get him back here because he is a special talent. Uh, that's John Denton. Uh, on his Twitter feed at John Denton, 555, MLB.com writer covering the Cardinals. Here is what I am theorizing. Mazalak didn't fly out there to talk with him to try to get him to say, you're going to opt out, you're not going to opt out, we can tend to that, knock that over text, maybe they can DM over Insty, I don't know. I don't know whatever his burner situation is. Myriad of options. Myriad. But my belief is the following. And I'm extrapolating from Arnado's comments in advance of the trade deadline. Um, but I believe that he is using the leverage he has with the opt-out clause, not because he's like, oh, I hope I can get $15 million more million or something like that. Might be way more than $15 million more. And don't get me wrong. God bless anybody for wanting to make as much as they can. I never fault somebody. This is America, Jack. This is America, Jack. Yeah. Cleo McDowell. He did say that. 1988, coming to America, offsided on this radio program. So good for you. I don't chastise people for right. wanting to make the most money. Absolutely. But what I believe he is doing, this is the master's thesis, is he is using the leverage he has to say, hey, I'll come back and I might give you some semblance of a discount because you know if I hit the open market, I would get paid. But I've had enough of what we've got surrounding me and Paul Goldschmidt. Right. And I'll... I'll either sign some semblance of an extension, tacking on a year or two on the back end, or I won't opt out, whatever direction he goes. But I want to know what the Cardinal plans are for offense. Because while Steven Matz is delightful in the clubhouse, he makes balloon animals. Yeah, banana bread. Thank you. Delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Corey Dickerson, what a treat. Great FIFA player. Wonderful. Dangerous online in particular. But... We could use a little more offense. And I like Paul DeYoung, but he hasn't hit in four years. It's true. And that producer on the show where they talk NBA on 101 ESPN, he was he was a sophomore in college four years ago when Paul DeYoung was hitting. Yep. yep. I didn't have a mustache. <laughs> right. And so it might be time to add to it because the guy who was hitting behind me for most of the year is retiring yeah. And was in his mid-40s. So if we could, if we could take some of the money that you made from the bountiful 2022 regular season and get someone who can hit the baseball behind me, that's what I think the conversation was about. Yeah, That is my master's thesis. And if indeed that is the case, I tip my cap not only, of course, number one, to myself for coming up to it with it, right. but also Nolan Arnado for leveraging it. Jackson, your thoughts on the master's thesis? Yeah, I mean, that would be, on Arnado's part, both shrewd and, you know, you got to look at your career. You know, how much I left, he left Colorado or was straight from Colorado, and he was in hopes of more team success. He had plenty of individual success while in Colorado. He's looking for team success, and while he's had a lot more of it in St. Louis than he has in Colorado, they're still one, maybe two, three steps away from being real, real contenders. And he wants to be a real contender. He's almost he's 30 years old. He wants to start getting some career accolades. And so to get that, they got to spend a little more money. they got to get some more hitters. It can't just be Goldie and Arnado. So I tip my cap as well. Yeah, and, and you know, for, for the record, he'll be 32 in mid-April. And, uh, and Paul Goldschmidt, you know, again, these are relative to standard human lifespans in 2022 these are young Young. men sure 
But next year, in September, Paul Goldschmidt turns 36 years old. And there's just a realistic clock ticking yep. for baseball players. Absolutely right. And as I discussed yesterday before Ms. Alex Presser, for Cardinal fans, I think, and I think this is just human nature when it comes to it, we got so fortunate with how long Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's runs have gone. And before that, if you're in my age range, how long Ozzie Smith's yeah. run was. That's the guy who was synonymous with the 80s and a portion of the 1990s. And then before that, Lou Brock mm-hmm. and Bob Gibson, that I think perhaps subconsciously, if you've lived all your life in St. Louis or you're a Cardinal fan all your life and you're you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, you think when these guys are here and they appear that they automatically will have 10 to 15 years with the organization. But in reality, yeah, that might have been the case if Arnauto and Goldschmidt were here in their early 20s. But Paul Goldschmidt was with the Diamondbacks when they played the Brewers in the 2011 NLDS before your friend Nigel Morgan uh, uh, was vanquished by the Cardinals yeah. in six games. He was on that team. Right. He's been around for a while. A long while. Yeah. And Arnauto has been playing, even though he might not be on the radar when it comes to postseasons, since the Cardinals were beaten by the Red Sox in 2013. Yep. Point being, yeah, if these guys started with the Cardinals in their early 20s, they might have had 15 years with the Cardinals, but the clock is ticking. And so it's weird to feel like you're closing out one era with Pujols and Molina. Then next year, Wainwright's final year, he said he will retire after next year. You're closing out that era. That realistically, you could have another era closing with Goldschmidt within the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And so... You have to seize opportunity because MVPs don't come around all that often. Mm-mm. How many MVPs have I seen in a Cardinal in my lifetime? Jackson, you want to fire a guess? I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer. Uh, of course, everybody knows I was born in 1976, but just on the off chance, for whatever reason, you don't celebrate my birthday. So MVP winners that are Cardinals. That's correct. I think. I, Three? Yeah. Do you want to venture a guess? Albert. That's correct. Um, I, 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 you're, you're Big four, Mac. You're four to one to get the second, and you're fifty to one to get the third. So I'll go Mark McGuire. That's incorrect. Okay, he wasn't. He had you know, six seventy home runs. He wasn't MVP. He was not. Wow. Okay. Um, oh man. I can only give you so much. Time. I know. I know. I don't. I, know, I don't I know, have the know, time for you, especially when I can tell you're watching Pelicans highlights and not answering the question. Larry Walker. Oh, man, just um, wow. Well, the you, the disappointment <laughs> in your answer. The size. 1985. Willie McGee. Okay. Yeah. 51. And. So before, or after. Before. 84. It's before I recognize time starting, which of course is August of 1982. But Keith Hernandez was the okay, co Keith MVP. With Willie Stargell in 1979. I gave it a good run. Yeah. I got the number right. You were exasperated when you said Larry Walker. Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad guess. Um, So, my point being, you don't get these all that often. You have to capitalize on them. Yeah, 100%. Hernandez won a World Series with the Cardinals in 82, won a World Series with the Mets in 86. Willie McGee, World Series with the Cardinals, couple of pennants with the Cardinals, part of the A's, weirdly, in 1990. Uh, despite winning the National League batting title, he was traded, if I'm not mistaken, for Felix Jose. And, of course, Albert Poole's career speaks for itself in the World Championships here in 06 and 11 and a multitude of NLCS appearances and division championships. So, Paul Goldschmidt has been to an NLCS with the Cardinals. Norn Arnato hasn't even played at an NLDS with the Cardinals. And if you diagnose the reason why the Cardinals have not advanced in these series 
even though so much of the trade deadline attention has been built around pitching, as it was with the, you know, Delmar Gardens tour last year with John Lester, LeBlanc, and Jay Happ, uh, and then then going and getting pitching this year again, it's been offense. Right. It was offense against the Nationals. I don't know what happened against the Padres in 20. I wasn't paying attention. In 2021, uh, it was offense against the Dodgers for that brief one game, and then this time around it was offense. And yep. if you're Nolan Arnauto and Paul Goldschmidt, and you have an off couple of days, that means you have an off season. And that is what the Cardinals need to tend to. And so I imagine that is what's going on. Arnauto wants to know, I'll, all right, I'll stick around. But I need to know what the plan is offensively. And not what you hope to do, what you're going to do. That's what I think that trip to California was for John Mazzalek. So that is that is my theory. Do with it what you want. Six five seven. Eight zero, Larry Walker. Who's your next guest? Jed Jerko. It's from the six three six. You know what I'm gonna do, Tim? Are you gonna apologize? No, I'm gonna deflect this negativity with some positivity. Oh my God! Today is the 16 year anniversary of the Cardinals winning the World Series in 06, and the 11 year anniversary of David Freeze's home run in Game Six. It's Little Piddles fun facts. Little Piddles fun facts. So big baseball day on the on the after the day where Mosellock said they're gonna increase spending. You get this little anniversary. You know, it's pretty cool that those moments happen on the same day. They did. Five years apart. They did indeed. There you go. I'm trying to think. So, 06, that was uh, game five. They won five. Yep. The only game they lost was against Kenny Rogers, not of the gambler fame, but of pitcher. Islands in the stream. Yeah. Brandon Inge was the last batter for the Tigers that game. That's correct. No. Great Mike Shannon call on that one. And uh, and then uh, Freeze's... uh, Game winner. Yep. How do you do? Yeah. So there's so instead of going after these texters who are upset with my Larry Walker guess, I'm just going to give a little positivity. So enjoy yourself out there today. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm full of positive energy today. I didn't know that that was coming. It's right, about that's, a Thursday. That's, 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 I'll tell you what that is. It's inspiring. It should be. Uh, now, something that I think excited many people was the guy who I think we've received the most texts about since the Cardinals loss. Next to Ali Marmol in the ninth inning of game one, and that's Jeff Albert. Right. I don't necessarily have a theory on it. I just think the thing is kind of odd. I shall explain what I mean by that. And I'm curious if people are in a roundabout way concerned, and I will explain what I mean by that as well. That's coming up next. Dan McLaughlin at 1045. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin joining us coming up at 1045. Can't wait to talk with him about all the developments yesterday. Started off the program talking about the Blues loss last night, the concerns surrounding uh, scoring. We have a mic drop on that. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Only five games in. Nothing to worry about. We'll get this straightened out. Stop it! You scored one goal in the last two games. Get it together and put the puck in the net. Less reverse retro. More reverse the trend and win the Stanley Cup. And what's the media in this town doing? Staking selfies in the all-you-can-eat seats. Wish I had enough money to sit there, Tim. Get your ass up to Stillman's box and hold his ass accountable. Tired of it. Wow. You know, I post a picture, which I which I think through for about two hours of meditation. I consult with my therapist of me and my son at the game last night. And now 
it results in what I would describe as a as a hostile mic drop from yeah. Steve. Yeah, really passionate. He's he's tired of the reverse retros. He wants some reversing the trend. Yeah, you I mean, know they did win the cup. It was just a couple of years ago, three yeah. to be specific. You know these fans deserve better though. Oh wow, look at you. Yeah, you're holding people accountable. Who would have thought? Here I come. Watch out. Uh, we'll see if they can reverse the trend starting tonight with the Blues at Predators pregame 6 p.m. What's the, you know what, Jackson, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. What's the number on this game tonight? That's what I need to do. I don't know, Tim. Because I think we're going to see a, a flood of goal scoring activity tonight. That's what Ooh. I think. So you're going to take the over? I bet the total is. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bet the over because then that means I want to see the Predators score goals and I don't necessarily want to see that. We'll have it the Blues team total over. All right. Let's see what I got. Oh, there isn't. There's no number out there. Huh. Yeah, regular season stuff can be difficult. Let me try another app. Uh, Blues and Predators. Predators are minus 175. Really? Game's in Nashville, correct? It is in Nashville, and the total is six goals. That's pretty consistent, NHL totals. Oh, yeah. In the six six to six and a half range, pretty pretty consistently. I expect the Blues to respond. And if you have another game of low offensive output, you'll be all hell's going to break loose. Very rarely does that happen. In October with an NHL team, but I'm telling you, the Perron undercurrent creates that. But keep in mind, keep in mind, if we can, maybe you don't want to hear it. That's fine. If you don't want to hear it, I still have to tell you what the truth is. And the truth is, there's no Buchnevich and there's no Sod, and that's not going to change tonight. See if Grice is in net as well. I'm sure Jeremy Rutherford will have an update on that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. uh, Back to back day. Blues skate. I would imagine that is who is expected, but we'll see if that's the way that they they go. All right. uh, Yesterday, John Mazalek talked about uh, a variety of things when addressing the media. And uh, one of the things that got people going, Jeff Albert deciding not to come back, even though Mazalek was going to offer him the contract. Mike Maddox decided he uh, needs to slow things down. Um, he's been on the road as both a pitcher and a pitching coach. Going back, I think he started pitching in the mid-80s. He is 61, and he just wants to slow down, he says. So um, I had I had some friends text me last night, going, are you a little concerned about all the people leaving the Cardinals? I said, yeah, it's interesting. That's not really a line I feel like most people are taking. If anything, people are like, this is great news. Jeff Albert is going. And, of course, Skip Schumacher is going to take a managerial job. Yeah, I take, I take the Schumacher one off the list. You have a chance to yeah, be a manager 100%. for one of you know, 30 franchises. you got to seize that opportunity, whether it's the Marlins or not. The Maddox one would be odd if he winds up being a pitching coach somewhere else. Yeah, but the Cardinals, Mazalek said, are offering him a role where he won't have to travel and stay within the organization. Jeff Albert, however, had different reasons for leaving. Uh, Jackson, you have the audio here from John Mazalek yesterday. I think uh, Jeff accomplished exactly what we were hoping him to do. Um, he, he modernized our, our hitting program, our, our strategy. I think he uh, you know, made a, a huge contribution to our minor league side. So I think from that standpoint, it was a success. I think you know when you look at what was happening up here at the big league level, um, I think uh, you know, people were tough on him. Um, it wasn't an easy job. You know, our, our offense was good this year, though. I mean, you compare it to, to the league, and it, it, was, it was good. And so, you know, I was hopeful he would come back. Um, but I think, you know, from, for personal reasons and, and, and just, you know, wanting maybe to try something different is really why we are where we are. But um, 
I thought the combination of, of him and Turner were, were, were good. It was good. I think like having the, the different voices allowed players um, places to, to seek advice. And so that standpoint. So as I look to, to the future, I could imagine that we're going to try to find something that, that resembles a little bit how Jeff thought and, and um, you know, hopefully we can address that need moving forward. It's John Mazalak. So the one thing that the, he said that, that honestly just surprised me, but maybe I shouldn't be surprised, I don't know, um, that the criticism played a role right. in him wanting to leave. Right. And, you know, Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch wrote a column this morning about it and how uh, whoever gets into that role in a, in a fan base that's as passionate as Cardinal fans are, and when you have offense that has played a major role in the team not going anywhere in the postseason – you're going to be criticized. It's the nature of the beast. And on top of that, adding to that, beyond the disappointing offensive performances in the month of October that I would cite in 2019, 2021, and 2022, and I realize Albert wasn't part of it in the first one, is that you've seen former Cardinals go elsewhere and just begin raking. Yeah. And that gets people going. And so... In addition, you had Tommy Edmonds saying, yeah, sometimes we're just not prepared. And yeah. people go, what in the world is that? Yeah, alarming. And, you know, I, I can't imagine, but maybe I'm wrong. This is something, this is just 100% speculation. I don't know how much Paul Goldschmidt or Norn Arenado or anybody of their ilk would lean on a hitting coach. Right. But I would imagine when you're in the situation that Goldschmidt was in, it was well beyond the two games against Philadelphia. It went back into September. I recall him being interviewed following the Cardinals beating the Reds in a doubleheader. And he was on the field and he said something along the lines of, yeah, it's great we won. I was terrible. You know, it, was, it had gone on for a few weeks that the hitting coach either tries to find something, point something out, kind of like what Wainwright said about his short stride and that playing a role in his issues at the end of the season. But my overall is I'm surprised that Mazalak talked about the criticism getting to him. Yeah, that is surprising for I, sure. I'm not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's not something that you usually hear because in 2022 and really for the last decade, if you are a public figure, whether it be a hitting coach for a baseball team, um, or anyone who has, you know, some prominent role in whatever it may be, business, politics, sports, media, music, acting, it's just the deal. You're going to get your ass lit up. And that's just the deal. I don't who doesn't? Who has the highest approval rating on social media, Jackson? I mean and even I, that, it's probably like hovering at 51%. Or, it would be like someone with like three followers. Like you just like the, <laughs> the lower the pool of people that criticize you, the better. Actually, the more famous you get, the more criticism you're going to get. And then Jeff Albert's case, you know, possibly it came to a point where he was like, I'm assessing what I have in my life and, you know, this amount of money or whatever it is. And it's just the like- juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I, I would understand. Yeah, I suppose right. what matters though, like if he's like, yeah, I got tired of, but I mean, it's, it's John Mazalek talking. We don't know what Jeff Albert has to say. Uh, Albert might be like, what's he talking about? But I can't imagine Mazalek saying it if there's not truth to it. And Mazalek was in his corner. He was offering him another year. So that was a surprising line because, if anything, the Cardinals defended 
Jeff Albert like time. nobody else inside right. the organization. I right. felt like, and it's and it's uh, you know hitting coach is kind of a thankless job in a sense because when the team's struggling, you get blamed. When they're playing well, it's the players are hitting well. It's not necessarily the hitting coach did something special. So I understand kind of where he's coming from. Where it's like, yeah, I just maybe don't need this in my life anymore. Uh, Tim, the person with the highest approval rating on social media is Taylor Swift. Thanks, it's in the six one eight. Is that correct? Probably not. Uh, if you ask Tim Taylor Dolly Swift, Parton is uh, beloved. She is. It's a nice play. That might be the right answer, actually. Yeah, it might be Dolly. Charles Barkley's always in play. Uh, Tim, you have the highest approval rating. You are the king of the lemmings. That's from the 314. Jackson, thoughts? Yeah, I disagree. I think. <laughs> Thank you. I've seen the mentions before. Yeah. Not, not as strong as you'd think. Uh, I appreciate that you ass clowns have thick skin. Keep it up. Thank you. That's from the 618. Uh, if nothing else. <laughs> so I was I was just surprised by that. 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 that I. And then maybe it's true. It's just it's surprising right. to hear it discussed. Yeah, definitely surprising for sure. I'm not saying right or wrong. Here is here is what I would say to those who are going, is it a little odd that three of the four, um, you know, who were the prominent figures in the dugout are, are gone? Uh, Ali Marmol still being there uh, with the pitching coach, the hitting coach, and the bench coach. And does that convey either dissatisfaction with Ali Marmol or with John Mazalak, um, or some bigger issue, I think you have to go one by one. Skip Schumacher has an opportunity to be a major league manager. Yes, it's the Marlins, but there are only 30 of those jobs. Yep. And when you get the opportunity, um, I think you seize it. So that I totally cross off. Mike Maddox is 61. To me, that doesn't strike me as being like, oh, it's time to shut it down. But... If he's going, you know, I've been on the road for 40 years. Yeah. I know he loves golf. I, what, he had two hole-in-ones in one, one day, day when they were going against the Nationals or Braves or something a few years ago, um, which is ridiculous. Uh, and he might just wonder, if he's got money. He's just like, yeah, I've had enough. I just don't, it's, I don't God, need they it. Need, yeah. I tip my cap. Now, if he winds up being a pitching coach somewhere else, you go, okay, what's that about? It's a little surprising, yeah. And then Jeff Albert, eh, you know, Chaz Palmateri and Bronx Tale. He owes you $20. For $20, you got him out of your life. Yep. You know, that's how I look at it. It's an addition by subtraction. So if that winds up being the case, then I don't see it as being any issue. I don't I don't think my read, I personally am not concerned about that. My Here's my projection for you, uh, Jackson. I think Nolan Arenado winds up signing with the Cardinals for uh, some semblance of an extension on, on that deal that he currently has. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Cardinals lock him up, and they go out and they get a bat. And I know people ask about people like uh, Matt Holliday and Albert Pujols um, as to whether or not they would be in the mix. I'd be shocked if Albert Pujols was. Uh, right. I'd love it if Matt Holliday was. I don't know. He still has kids who are playing ball. Yeah. Obviously, his son was just drafted. Right. So I don't know if that's where he would be at this moment, but maybe in a few years he would be. I'd sure. love it. That'd be awesome. I'd love to. It always surprises me when guys who made as much money as he would would do it, but it can kind of just be like a hobby. Right. You know, he's coaching Oklahoma State. He's not like, oh, good, I get, you know, little yeah. revenue. It's, right. It's just something that he loves to do and he with doesn't his brother. money. Yeah. Right, with his brother. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk it over with Dan McLaughlin. He's going to join us on the other side of the break on all of these topics. Dan McLaughlin next on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Loon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the show as he joins us every Thursday at this time, Dan McLaughlin. Morning, Dan. 
Well, I do have a uh, bone to pick with you, Tim. Oh, no. This is part of hyping up the match between me and Kerber against you and Jackson. No, 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 no. No, (laughs) I'm solidly in on that one, especially mentally preparing for that. This is more about when you say he joins us every time this week. As I look at my clock, it's 1051. So either it's supposed to be 1045. So either you don't want to talk to me or you have had so many hot takes it just it took over the program. I have been spewing, spewing venom in every direction, and I have called for everyone in St. Louis to be fired today. I uh, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I feel like it's, it's high time. <laughs> I feel like as somebody who is cut from every sport that I have the juice to get things done here, and therefore I am calling for heads. Yep. Have you ever seen Raising Arizona? Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jackson here, huge fan of Nicholas Cage's work. Especially in Raising well, Arizona. Yeah. Hi. John, well, John, H.I., uh, <laughs> when John Goodman says, H.I., there's just so much, you know, so so many of this and so little time. I just think, like, with you, it's just so many hot takes, so little time. I couldn't agree more. Right. I couldn't right. agree more. Agreed. Plus, Jackson fills in updates today on, I think I heard something about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Nets interior defense is pitiful. See, that's, that's, that's what kind of filled up some time as well. Dan, you're right. Saw, this is late. Hey, I, I saw Kyrie yesterday yelling at uh, his teammate, Ben Simmons. Oh, my God. Dan's going into the NBA. And I, yep. th- that's, oh, yeah. That's good. Look at he, Jackson. He Jackson's in, got a big smile on his face right now. He gave it back to Ben Simmons, who was looking at probably about a 12-footer, 15-footer. He says, shoot the ball, Ben! <laughs> yeah. And he gave it up. It might as well be 40 and, feet, uh, Dan. I know. I, but, I mean, again, so little time. Amen. So many takes, so little time. Did anything yesterday surprise you? Oh, boy, yeah. All right, what do we got? Uh, Jeff Albert. Um, Mike Maddox did not. I'm kind of going down the row here. Yeah. Brian Evers-Gerd, for sure, uh, didn't see that happening. But although I, you know, that might be personal reasons. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he wants to take some time away. I mean, it's a, it's a long season, you know. And and these coaches, man, they they put in, like I think it'd be fascinating to ask Mike Maddox how much is the role changed from when you first started as a pitching coach, you know, two decades ago, whatever it was, to what you're doing now where there are guys that are getting to the ballpark literally at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning for what is a, uh, you know, seven o'clock game, if not earlier. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that every single day. And then you mix in the travel. It's a lot. And uh, so I, I, I wasn't surprised at Maddox. I had heard some rumblings about that at the end of the season. The Jeff Albert one did surprise me. I thought he would be back. Um, and uh, the Eversgird one was a little bit surprising. And Skip was surprising to me too um i am pretty tight with skip and i talked to him about managing and he was like no i, I have no interest i, I don't want to manage i don't want to you know do that i've got a young family and it, this was hard enough just to uproot to come to st louis but st louis for he and his family is a very special place to the point that they almost decided to after his playing career was done live here full time they love st louis um but his original home obviously is in san diego and and wanted to be closer to some of the, the family out there, but towards the end of the year, I, I talked to some other people. I was like, so is, is Skip definitely, you know, coming back and, oh yeah, yeah. He's going to come back and, you know, doesn't look like he, you know, is going to be a manager. And then he took that interview with Miami and I'd heard about that and I'd done some digging on that. And I heard 
you know, it was it was kind of touch and go as to whether or not he would take it. I think he had a second interview, and maybe part of that is that money changes a lot. I don't, I don't know what he's going to get, but I'm assuming it's a pretty good chunk of money to uproot his family from the West Coast and go to Florida. And he'll do a great job there. He's in a very tough division. Yeah. They're going to have to make some changes. With but they have pitching, it's going to be with their everyday lineup and trying to find some bats. But you know what? Uh, he's the kind of guy that can get people to play for him. So I'm excited for him, and I think he'll do a hell of a job. With regards to Albert, that's the one that I feel like most people are reacting to. Uh, and then John Mazalek saying the criticism was something that played a role in his decision. What can you tell us about that? I think that's the surprising part about it, Tim, is that, you know, hey, he was offered a contract, and outside noise made it tough on him and he decided to step away um when you hear that if he wants to stay in the game at the major league level if you're that team that would be hiring him i I think you might be a little cautious if he's you know upset about heat that you get you're going to get heat in any position that you're in uh, especially in in baseball cities and, and people that are valued at every position that you have on the field and in the front office and in the dugout uh, that would be maybe of concern, but Jeff's a very bright guy. I know Jeff. Uh, I know he loves the game. There, there's a place for him in a lot of different areas, whether it be, I, I'll say, the private sector, so to speak. Like, oh, like if he that. wanted to do, you know, open up his own academy or start something that is baseball-related with hitting and the advanced metrics and analytics, um, he'd be great with that. And I can tell you, when he came in, the Cardinals were trailing in some of those things that we talk about, the advancement of the technology and how it can be implemented into an organization. And I've talked to Ali about it, talked to Mo about it. You know, he got them up to speed. So in that regard, he did a very, a very good job for the club. The thing that uh, I know a lot of fans are intrigued by is John Mazelik saying they are going to increase the payroll. Certainly there are some spots where those dollars can be spent either in the outfield, shortstop, they're going to need to tend to the catching position. Uh, w- are there any names who you just look around the game as closely as you study it, Dan, and love watching it that you think could make sense for the Cardinals with that increased payroll? Sure. I mean, Wilson Contreras would be one, mm-hmm. and you'd be sacrificing. You're never going to replace Yadier Molina. I just don't think that's going to happen. But you get a bat. I think he played in either 79 or 80 games as a catcher. He dealt with an ankle sprain uh, this season with the Cubs, so he missed some time. He, he did that in the Field of Dreams game and was uh, being used as the DH. But he'd give you some thump in that lineup, and, and obviously he could help upgrade the catcher's position. That would be one. I think internally, and this is not about an upgrade of a payroll, but I've got to see what Jordan Walker's got in spring training. I mean, I know he's yes. 20 years old, but if if he's, you know, knocking on the door, which he is, and he's putting together a pretty good fall league, I've got to see what, what he brings to the table. And is the mindset of the franchise is that he's got to knock that door down and have an unbelievable spring to make the club? Or is it, hey, he's in the plans and we want to, we'll start his clock. We'll be happy doing that. And he's with us from day one. And then if that's the case, you can get creative with some of the outfielders that you have. I, I would think maybe the catcher out in Oakland is somebody that you look at. And I would say a frontline starter would be somebody that you'd have to look at. And it's cliche, but man, is it true? You cannot have enough pitching. Yeah, I was looking at it with with Wayne right now deciding officially to come back. You you were always uh, of the opinion that if you had to bet, he was going to come back. I gave you a hundred percent. Yes, there it is. Take it, take that, Jackson. You said Dan was guessing. No, it was a hundred percent. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
No problem, actually. Yeah, you guys are tag team partners. partners. Nothing's going to break that tag team. But the Cardinals, by at least definition at the moment, have six pitchers for five spots. Um, I don't know if they would move on from take your pick of one. We talked about Quintana last week, and and you thought it might be tough uh, for the Cardinals to go after offense, tend to catcher, and then also bring him back. Um, What are your thoughts, and do you have any insight as to where things stand uh, on that front with how good he was, especially uh, in September and October. Well, there's a couple other guys too to keep in mind that they have coming, and that's Gordon Graceffo being one. Uh, Tinkins is another. Yep. So it may not be. So the way you have to look at it is, at least in my opinion, is yes. Would I love to have Quintana back? Of course I would. I think he'd be a great addition to the club. You got to look at who's coming up with contracts. You know, so you got Michaelis, you got Wayno. Are they in the the plans? Because if not. You can figure it all out if you've got too many guys for five spots. But you got to remember, after this year, you're going to have people coming up, and you don't want to you don't want to block them, and you also have other guys coming off the books, and that's where guys like Quintana or others slide in. Is Jordan Montgomery a guy that you want to extend after this year? That's something to think about. So it's it's I think it goes beyond Tim, and I, I'm not trying to sidestep it, but more than just thinking of the now. They, they really do have projections of what they look at, of what payroll may look like, what uh, attendance may look like in normal seasons when you get, you know, not only this year, but two years and three years. And what would that deal look like for the Cardinals if you bring back Quintana? In the immediate, yes, I think it makes sense. In the long term, I'm not so sure, you know, because you have some of these other guys coming. And you can supplement with other free agency classes that will be coming up, too. So it's just something to think about as you look at the immediate, but also the long term. That's Dan McLaughlin. He is with us normally at 1045, but Jackson's yes. Toronto Raptors uh, discussion sidetracked. And I wouldn't turn the mics off either. Yeah, he wouldn't. I just kept going. Yeah, he kept going. I was just like, oh, my God, how much can we spend on you know, this Raptors team? But there we are. That's what we did, Dan, and it cost us valuable time. I apologize. It really did. Thank no, you. No problem. You know, I'll, I'll still be here next uh, Thursday waiting anxiously at 1045. Yep, it'll be 1054. Yeah. We just already know it. I got the Cavs next week. <laughs> That'll be huge. Can't wait. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much. All right, fellas. You guys have a great day. You Thanks, too. That's Dan. Dan McLaughlin with us here. BK and Ferrario are up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Black Friday Savings at the Home Depot, you can get top brand laundry sets with the latest tech to tackle any mess you might face this holiday. Like automatic fabric and load size detection for spills of any size, from cookies and milk on your favorite holiday sweater, to the toddler of the house discovering just how fun cranberry sauce can be. Make more magic this holiday season. Let your new appliances handle the mess. Shop Black Friday Savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select LG laundry sets at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details.